Hey everybody, uh, welcome from wherever you are. I have been asked to actually shoot Mother's Day outside and it's very windy in Santa Maria right now, which I know you're thinking, how is it never not windy in Santa Maria? Anyway, uh, so welcome wherever you are, whether it's Santa Maria, you know, Vandenberg, Lompoc, AG, Napomo, uh, Ohio, New Mexico, Colorado, Texas, wherever you are, uh, welcome to today's Mother's Day service. Uh, I, the verse I want to have you guys start with today is Proverbs 1, 8, and 9. And it says this, it says, Hear my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Let's pray. Uh, Father, this morning I ask that you do take us and have us understand the great gifts that you have given us, where we get to be in our lives sons and daughters and many people fathers and mothers. And I ask that you would have a see that as a great blessing, as you call yourself Father, and yet you give us moms who love us and take care of us. And I ask that how we love them would reflect who you are and always glorify you. Amen. Amen. So, uh, welcome to uh, Acts. This is week 18. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We were originally going to just stay in the book of Acts. Like my friend Michelle G. always says to me, why are you always doing something special on Mother's Day? Just keep going with the series. And I was going to do that. But today, that's not actually going to happen because of the COVID-19. And I want to do something just a little bit different. I wanted to get together some moms and have them share with you because this year is quite different. So we're going to have these moms share. What I wanted them to do from the very outset is to say who they are, introduce kind of what they do so you get a little bit of that. And... In that, you're going to hear, you know, some sounds, maybe kids, maybe dogs barking, maybe wind blowing outside, birds chirping, because it's real life. And we want you to hear and see real life today. So, first off, here are the moms. Hi, Element. My name is Michelle Sullivan. I have two kids at home. Matthew is 10 years old and in fourth grade, and Michaela is seven years old and in second grade. Hi, guys. It is Laura Singh and I have been married for 22 years to John. We have three girls, 14, 19, and 21. The two oldest are away at college in Colorado. Hi, Element, I'm Jennifer Whitaker. Um, I am part of the Element Colorado Springs Church Plant. So hi from Colorado Springs. Um, I am a homeschooling mom. I have three daughters. Uh, Lauren is 13, Holly is 11, and Olivia is six. Hi, I'm Sarah McCool. I've been married to my husband, Brandon. It'll be 10 years this October. We have two kids. Uh, my son's name is Isaac. I know, Isaac, son of Sarah, super creative. <laughs> and he's seven. And then we also have our daughter, Evelyn, who we call Evie, and she is four going on 14. Hi, my name is Katie Sullivan and I have three children with my husband Jason. Uh, Cassidy is our daughter. She is 14 years old and she's a freshman in high school. And my son Christopher is a sixth grader. He is 12 years old. And then there's my um, son Cody who is nine and he is a third grader. My name is Michelle G and my husband John and I have twin boys, Elliot and Asher, that are now two and a half. And I work full-time in residential lending and am currently a graduate student I'm studying to be a therapist. Um, I have two part-time jobs 
and I also run a business out of my home. I work part-time for Element. I'm on staff and help out with the communications and getting people connected and some administration stuff. Uh, and I also actually own my own home-based business that I run from my garage, so I stay kind of busy. I normally work outside of the home. I work for or the Orchid Union School District and I teach music to kindergarten through sixth graders at a couple of different elementary schools. My husband and I both are teachers. We work for the Santa Maria Bonita School District. I'm a teacher on special assignments, so I don't have my own class, and my husband is a junior high teacher, so he has many classes. As you can see in these videos, you are going to get real life from real people, you know, all the noises that go along with it. And part of the reason I do this is I want you to understand that you are not alone. There are other people who feel like you do in the places that you are. And hopefully through these things, you will get something that relates to directly where you are. And so the first question I asked these moms really was, what has happened since a shelter-in-place order came in that you didn't expect or came out of the blue? So here's this answer. The first few weeks were very stressful on my kids and my family. Um, I felt like I was in a credential program, learning all these different platforms and programs that we would have to be using to teach distance learning, which I hope I don't ever have to hear that phrase again after this season, but um, distance learning. We have learned or had to learn how to uh, implement all these programs on the fly and learn them, so it's been a big challenge. Um, so this year has kind of been a crazy year for us to begin with. Um, my husband launched his private practice uh, at the very beginning of this year, which was a really exciting move, but it also meant that he was juggling two jobs, working full time and then trying to see clients in the evenings. And so that meant a shift in roles in our family and me kind of taking on an extra burden um, in my own way in being home with the kids and trying to manage more things around the house um, while he was working. Normally, we would have the opportunity to go outside of our house, go swimming at the YMCA. We would go on Fridays to their um, all-day public school uh, enrichment program for homeschoolers. Um, we go to Bible study once a week. It's, it's a totally different life being told you can't do your activities while you're homeschooling. So homeschooling actually feels different right now. There are constant dishes. I mean, it's three meals a day. Five people most days are eating on the dishes in our homes, or in our kitchen, I mean. So the dishes are constant. There are so many dishes. And I keep thinking, why do I not have more time? We're supposed to have all the time in the world. Well, there's a lot more dishes and a lot more cleaning and maintenance to do because we're all home every day. There seems to be so much at once and often I need to really take a moment and a deep breath. Uh, otherwise I will become completely overwhelmed by all of this. We have chosen not to have my college girls come home. Um, we felt that they were gonna be safer. So we have one in Colorado still and the other one um, just drove over to Kansas to be with a wonderful family that we know. Uh, we felt like there was a, a safer alternative than coming back to California when we weren't quite sure of our uncertain times. One of the struggles is that our bathrooms are constantly being used. Constantly. I mean, I totally understand why Disneyland 
had to employ full-time custodians just for their bathrooms. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a cook. It's uh, just something that I, it doesn't excite me. I mean, I can do it. I can follow a recipe. It's fine. I do feed my family, but this pandemic has had me inside and cooking a ton and making up my own recipes and adding spices here and there. And I, for someone who doesn't like cooking, I'm obsessed with uh, kitchen products. So now I get to use all of the kitchen products that I've insisted on buying over the past 10 years. As of now, I am still working full time. Um, whereas previously I split my time at work between the office and at home. I am now working um, solely from home full time with two toddlers, which has been an adventure. And then I'm continuing my graduate studies online. Um, thankfully my program was online to begin with. So there hasn't been much disruption there. We have our own kids school, lots of Zoom meetings. It feels like there's always a Zoom meeting going on in our house, if not three of them overlapping each other. We taught our kids how to clean bathrooms pretty well and pretty often. So we've been able to tackle that challenge. Now, I didn't really want to spend a lot of time talking about hardships, but it's there and it's real. So the next question I ask them is, what are the struggles that you have found at this time? Where are you in that? And these are their, quite frankly, very honest answers. So one of the hardest things about sheltering at home has been maintaining enthusiasm for things that um, just start to feel tedious and monotonous because every day is the same, every day is Groundhog's Day. And I'm continually feeling like I'm a soda can that has been shaken up and there is fizz that is about to explode. Whew, I am a go-getter. I am always on the go. Either if I'm working, if I'm creating, if I'm organizing, if I'm cooking, running errands, um, I keep myself busy by choice. My struggles though remind me that I don't have to get it all done. The hardest parts of sheltering at home for me have been the lack of physical help and the feelings of isolation that I experience often. I would say that the biggest thing that I have been struggling with as a mom, um, among other things, is fear. I have dealt with fear, I think more in the last month, month and a half than um, I ever have in my life. And it stems in all different aspects and areas. I find myself fearful that I am not a good homeschool parent. And the next time my son goes to school, he'll be in second grade. And what if he's not ready for that? What if I let him down? Some of the hardest parts about sheltering at home right now during all this is just trying to figure out time management. Uh, my husband has his classes he needs to Zoom with. I have lots of meetings and projects that I need to do for work. So it already was a stressful and overwhelming season and we found ourselves really uh, reliant on friends and family that were just so gracious in their willingness to help um, with the kids occasionally. And then when the shelter at home, at home order hit, um, all of a sudden I lost my nanny and I lost that help because we've been socially distancing. Um, so that was kind of a blow to our family and really difficult initially because um, my husband was an essential worker, was still going into work and I was home trying to work full time um, with two very active noisy toddlers. Um, actually during the busiest month of my career as well. So it, it was just 
a lot of chaos and led to these feelings of overwhelm and frustration wondering how I was going to do this. I also fear that I am not giving my daughter enough attention, which I mean, she makes it kind of hard because she really loves attention, but I have definitely spent more of my time with my son since he's the one with school and assignments due. And so I fear that. The most challenging thing for me as a mom is finding space physically, physically finding space for my job, for my work, for myself, for anything I might need to do or want to do. And then also finding space mentally because peace and quiet is ideal for creating things with my job and to, to rejuvenate. I fear as a wife that I'm spending so much time thinking about my kids that I haven't given my husband the attention he needs. It is still this massive juggling act um, trying to keep up as a mom and wife and employee and student. Often I have the flexibility and time to have a little prayer time with my kids before we start our day of, of work and school. And so we can have a little prayer time, a little powwow together and they aren't always super excited about it, but that's fine, that's reality. It's hard getting everybody on board with the same thing. That's another challenge. Uh, even I've been afraid of my closest friends. I don't want them to uh, tease me or judge me that I am so fearful. So I've even been hiding some of that fear from my friends. It's interesting how often fear comes up because fear is real. It's throughout the scriptures, God constantly says to his people, fear not. As a matter of fact, it's 366 times in the Bible. Lloyd Ogilvie once said it's 366 times because it's one for every day of the year, including leap year. Now, in the Bible, when it says, fear not, that's not just God saying, figure it out, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, fear not, follow me. What, what that is, is God typically follows fear not by, because I am with you, because I'm walking with you through this, because I love you. That's the idea. It's, it's not that we're trying to figure it out on our own. It's that God is there with us. And, and fear is real. And our hearts are meant to be drawn to God even through places of fear and anxiety. In these times of COVID-19, even now. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the Apostle Paul says, I want to know Christ. And I think for a lot of us, that's true. I want to know Christ. It's a beautiful thing, especially during this time. How do we face things? By knowing Christ. But then Paul goes on and he says, and the power of his resurrection. I mean, that would be useful, right, during this time, the power of his resurrection to get through these things. Then Paul goes on after that and right in there he says, and participation in his sufferings. Usually we're like, oh yeah, I want to know God. Oh yeah, I want this. But then the very next thing is, what, and his sufferings? I'm not so sure I want that. I'll go with the first two, but not the third one. And then at the end of that, he will go on to say, becoming like him in his death. Paul was mocked. Paul was locked up in prison. And Paul, when he was in prison, that included times just like us. His prison, many times, was sheltering at home in this place where guard watched him in his home. Jesus himself, he was crucified, humiliated, defeated. The book of Philippians, Paul writes in the midst of actually being in jail. And he writes these words. More than any other place in any other book, Paul will use the words joy in Philippians. Fourteen times he will say it in the midst of being in prison. 
I think he does this because he knows that he probably has fear. He probably has anxiety, but he knows that God is with him. It's not just that it's frustration and fear and feeling burdened by the rest of the world. Because I know when you read through the scriptures, Paul struggled with all of those things. But it comes back to him knowing that Jesus is with him. And we'll come back to joy at the end. But the next thing I ask the moms is this. What are your successes during this time? So we can kind of move into some happy stuff. What are your successes? My successes, though, um, in this season have been relishing in the simple joys that are available to us. And there's a new sense of gratitude for those little things. So sometimes it's a walk outside or a picnic, um, cuddles in bed, but also it's neat in the way that it's bred uh, these opportunities to be creative and in new ways to find fun and enjoyment as a family. I try my absolute hardest to always find a reason to smile, to know that there is hope when things seem hopeless and to find uh, the good in every little situation. One of the biggest benefits I noticed right off the bat is that our children and myself and my husband are all of a sudden getting plenty of sleep. One of my successes for this quarantine time has been just being able to spend time with my husband. Um, he was set to deploy prior to this and um, that got pushed off. So we have had the extraordinary blessing of just having him here. One of my biggest successes though, is the relationship that I have built with each of my girls a little differently than before they left. So there was a week where we rented a bounce house that was amazing for all four of us. Last night we did some backyard camping and um, it's resulted in just some really sweet moments with the kids and I'm really grateful that as active as they are at this age that um, they're really sheltered in a way. They, they don't understand the heaviness of this season. And so I am inspired by their energy and playfulness. Some of the positives that we've had throughout this shelter at home have been the family time that we've really gotten to hang out, get to know each other, listen, talk. We're going on family walks. Our goal right now is to walk 182 miles, which is the distance to Disneyland. We are at 69.5, and that has been for five weeks now that we've been doing it. So we're doing pretty good. My daughter Delaney that is still home, we've been able to work on homeschooling on our terms. Um, we have created what works best for us. It has given us an opportunity to bond as mother and daughter differently than we have when we're on the go. There are unexpected blessings in the midst of all of the trial because God is with us. And it may be hard to see that at times, but that's the reality, which led me to ask the moms, what's God teaching you during this time? Throughout this absolute craziness, um, I have to say that God has been working on teaching me about the importance of relationships and connectivity with others, especially those that are based on God and prayer. Um, I fortunately have become really close to a lot of the girls that are in my GC. We started a GC only months before this happened. Um, and I think God put that into my life so much just to teach me this lesson. Um, they are always there to pray for me. I'm getting texts throughout the day asking how everything's going and if they can pray for me. 
Um, I tend to struggle with a lot of anxiety, insomnia, and those things have not gone away during all of this. So having them pray for me and know that they're there for me really reminds me, so is God, and he's got my back through all this. Um, and he knows what's going on and he knows what's best for all of us. So it's been really important to have that. God is settling my soul as I walk with him and I pray with him, or I just, I just walk and know he's next to me. And, um, and I, and sometimes I'll even use this app called Lectio 365 and it's like a five to 10 minute devotional. So I might put those on my ear pods or I'll just go on a walk. But as I'm walking, it, I'm, my soul is settled. And by the time I get home, um, I'll read a verse or two or a passage. And then, then I'm ready to wake up my kids for the day. And this season, um, I feel like God has been revealing to me the depths of his heart, um, that he's big enough to carry the weight of my ever-changing, complicated emotions about this situation, and that he can carry yours as well that we can cry out to him and know that he's listening and that he cares. God has really been growing me and focusing on how I'm connecting with people um, and how I'm taking care of myself. I'm a person who loves to pour out and it's easier for me to take care of other people than to take care of myself. And so he's really opened my eyes to that but also just what are the meaningful connections? When I feel like a text message is sufficient, maybe I should make it a phone call instead. Or even with my husband, even though we're together in the house all day long, um, are we actually together? Are we actually having a conversation? Are we actually doing anything that doesn't revolve around the kids? So I would say the connections, how I'm learning that God um, still wants me to be connected to certain people and encourage certain people and trust certain people and lean on them. Something God has been teaching me during this challenging time is um, that I don't need to be so inwardly focused. Um, it'd be very easy and very tempting to just wake up, read, watch TV, wander around my house, eat all the snacks, and then lather, rinse, repeat every day and have that inward focus. But I find there's a lot more joy when I get up and focus on him and then focus on what he has for me to do for others. And so when I'm able to reach out um, through Zoom calls or through using my time and talents to help other people, I find that is a lot more rewarding. He keeps telling me um, to take deep breaths and to let it all go, except what he asks of me for each day. So I need to keep listening to him. <laughs> I guess we all do, right? The Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Guys, no human being can bring the type of peace and comfort that Jesus promises to bring us. When he says, do not be anxious about anything, sometimes people have taken that verse out of context and they walk up to other people who are anxious and worrying and they say, oh, the Bible says don't be anxious. Well, that doesn't help anybody because that is what it's saying, but it's not what it's saying. It's speaking about that we can and are many times an anxious people, but the way we step through that is by trusting Jesus in the midst of those places. I mean, seriously, there's a truth about pursuing joy and wanting this, this great 
life that God calls us into. And we have to understand that joy is not a life where we try to avoid pain or hardship, but it's really the deeper reality of walking through it with Jesus himself. Jesus and Paul, they are both people who laughed and cried and got frustrated, but also had zero interest, it seemed, in avoiding suffering. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul says that God comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort, that, with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. And part of what the moms are doing this morning by sharing with you is I think they're comforting you and comforting one another as they talk through these things with open hearts of the great truth of how God's walked with them through their places of hardship of COVID-19. So uh, the last question I asked the moms was this. I said, what advice do you have for other moms who are struggling? Have patience with yourself <laughs> because I'm really hard on myself and I wake up some mornings and I try to get going and get the kids going and it is a struggle and I feel like a failure sometimes. I really feel like I am doing something wrong and why can't I get my kids motivated? Why can't I get them to enjoy doing this activity for school? Um, I would love that, I love doing this. Why wouldn't they love doing this? Well, be patient with yourself and then also, and give yourself some slack. If you feel like you're at the end of your rope and you feel annoyed with your kids, then I need this advice too. Then uh, be patient, take a breath and give yourself a time out. <laughs> We need timeouts too. <laughs> and if you feel like bursting into tears so you don't take it out on your kids, um, which is, this is something I've done, you can run to your bedroom, lock yourself in your closet, and burst out in tears. And you can cry as much as you want. Give yourself permission to cry. Remember, many nights I know I felt like I was crying, unworthy, and I didn't deserve this gift of motherhood. And then I needed to be reminded once again that God gave this to me. He knew I was going to have struggles. He knew that this time was going to be difficult for all of us. If it's that you have young children staying home and just dealing with them all day long and all their craziness or having a husband work from home or coming home from work and expecting things differently, we all have a struggle, but together, we will be stronger. I would encourage moms to give yourself the grace to do it wrong, to cry a lot, um, and to find rewards for yourself, whatever that may look like. Uh, sometimes mine have been a grown-up drink in the evening. Sometimes it's been a full plate of chili fries from Orchid Burger. Whatever <laughs> is a reward to you, um, have that set for yourself and really just know that it's going to be okay. To all of the moms that are out there that are working from home and trying to manage their kids' schooling, um, my advice would be give yourself a break. It's rough, it's beautiful, it's a lot of things, but overwhelming is definitely one of those things. And I would say if you need to walk away and take a deep breath, do it. If you need to scream into a pillow, which I've been known to do, do it. Um, if you need to call a friend and just have them pray for you in that moment, do that. 
give yourself a break and give yourself some grace throughout all of this. This is something none of us have ever dealt with before and it's quite a struggle and it's something new, different, and terrifying, quite frankly. John and Charles Wesley's mom used to fling her apron over her head when she was amidst all her little children so that she could have some peace to pray. And I guess I would encourage all moms to kind of try to figure out or find their apron. I hope that you know that you are never alone, even though it may feel that way at times. And to me, that's one of the most beautiful aspects of who our God is, that he has promised to be with us always to the end of the age. And right now, I'm not quite sure when the end of this age will be, so I am clinging to that truth. I know that this is going to be crazy, but you guys, this is going to go down in the history books. I ask that you guys take a break, enjoy this wonderful Mother's Day, and know one of the best little sayings that Lisa Turkis recently had said, God has all the best solutions already figured out for us. Relationship with God and a joyful life is not something that happens in a suffering-free world. It is something that happens as we walk through those things with God himself. One writer says it is made for people in a suffering-filled world, that joy. Dallas Willard says that our words joy and peace are so misunderstood by people in our culture today. He says there is a big difference between having a peaceful feeling and being a peace-filled person. John Ortberg, based out of that, wrote this, There's a big difference between peace as a feeling, a temporary emotion of ease, versus peace as a condition, as an orientation, or as a capacity. Peace has the ability to navigate the challenges of life that would rock most people, but to be able to do that with simplicity and confidence and poise. Uh, Ortberg actually went on to reference that song from the 70s from the Eagles, you know, Peaceful, Easy Feeling. It was written by a guy working in a club trying to get together with a waitress. Uh, he's, you know, drinking a lot of alcohol, trying to get up the courage to, to talk to her. He's hoping to hook up with her in some way. And he writes these words, I got a feeling I may know you as a lover and a friend, but a voice says in my other ear, I may never see you again. I got a peaceful, easy feeling. And guys, that's, that's what a lot of people do today. They just fill themselves up with things like Jack Daniels. Well, that might give you a peaceful feeling for a little bit, but it will never give you the ability to become a peaceful person who lives in the reality of God's Word and as God's grace and how He calls us to live in this life in ways that honor who He is. Because to be able to step into be a people who live those lives that honor Him are those that trust Him in the midst of all the places. Joy for Jesus and, and for Paul was an understanding of life that isn't just about elation or depression. It's a life that is lived in a certain way because God is sovereign in all, in all things. And he rules over all things, even the COVID-19. See, we can fear not, not because we don't have fear, but we can fear not because God is with us and God is good for us. And God has a life that's moving towards a certain direction that we can never probably fully imagine or stop if we wanted to because he is good. The virus can't stop God's good from coming about. Someone else wrote this. They said, the great illusion is that joy and peace are primarily feelings that depend on our circumstances. And it's not. Eventually this virus is gonna go away 
and we're going to have to deal with the fallout in relationships, how church is done, how relationships are done, how work is done, how school is done. But God never changes. Because we don't, we don't have to worry about anything. But in everything, when those worried thoughts do come, we can actually begin to use them as a reminder that with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, we get to go to Jesus with every single thing. We get to make our requests known to Him in everything. I mean, that doesn't mean He doesn't know our requests anyway. But Jesus loves the conversation. He loves us coming to Him. Uh, there's like that old adage, nobody ever worried their way out of worrying too much. You just start to worry more. Towards the end of the book of Philippians, Paul will write these words. He will say, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And that sounds good to me because the alternative stinks, <laughs> right? We've we got to stop dwelling on the things that make us feel inadequate and the things that pulls away from who God calls us to be. So often we run to things called comfort foods. But comfort foods don't ever really, truly comfort us. I mean, why would anybody think they could get comfort from what they put in their body while ignoring what we put in our minds, while ignoring what we truly worship in the end? See, the Holy Spirit, among other titles, is known as our comforter. And that's what he is. All of us can be comforted by God himself. See, we get the freedom to decide what we fill our minds with, what we spend our time obsessing over. And most often, we waste that most precious gift that God gave us, deciding what we put into our hearts and minds. Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. I mean, as, as we've talked about you know, these things in Acts, here Paul uses some words that would have been used by pagan philosophers in his day. And Paul is quite deliberately telling people, Yes, I know the Bible, and you should know the Bible, and you should love the scriptures and read it, and above all else, trust Jesus' words. But wherever you see something that is true and noble, let that also soak into your mind. I wanna, let me quote Orberg here. He says this, Nature, oceans, sunsets, music, conversation with friends, stories of moral beauty, truth, learning, laughter, essays, accurate spreadsheets, poetry, a well-written email, and moms, I would say, who share with you on Mother's Day as they also go through COVID-19. Think about things that are noble and honorable and true. And let that fill your mind because that's going to draw us to who God is. We love Jesus. And we live and think about the reality of these things. Jesus even said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And we want to be a people that trust Him, that live in that trust. And at Element, you know, every week we get to this place where we talk about communion. And moms, if you want to take communion today, it's your day. Make everybody else do it with you. But communion is always that place where we remember what Jesus did to rescue us. We trust him in those places of rescue that we cannot rescue ourselves. So we trust him to rescue us. And that's why we take the cracker and break it like his body was broken for us. And we dip it the wine or the grape juice that reminds us of his blood that was shed for you and me. We typically talk about prayer on every Sunday morning. And we have a Zoom call every Sunday night, 6 p.m. with one of our elders. Tonight's going to be a little bit different because we've also invited the moms who are available to be on that Zoom call as well. And if you're a mom who's struggling through a lot of things today, I would invite you to log onto the Zoom call and share with them your struggles. Let them pray with you 
let you know kind of sit together and walk through these things. If you have a hard time finding joy right now or peace or comfort, let them be a people who encourage you to understand the great grace of God calling us back to Himself. You know, we always offer people the opportunity to give at Element because we believe giving is part of our worship. You can do that online. Uh, you can mail that in. 4890 Bethany Lane, Santa Maria, California, 93455. As I always say, we continue to give to our church planters and missionaries and those around the world that need help, and even in our community, especially in the midst of COVID-19. And you have the opportunity to give as well. And I would encourage you today, moms, love those around you. Understand that there may be times of anxiety and frustration and fear, but God is with you. And everybody else, you know, loving your moms or being near your moms, send them a text. Say, hey, mom, I've been thinking about you. I'm praying for you, and I love you. And do what we can to be a people who speak of the goodness and the grace of the gospel of God's rescue of us, even in the midst of this pandemic, because God is always good. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I do ask that you would take us as a people and have us more and more understand your grace and your goodness and your hope that being a joy-filled people does not mean being a people that have no suffering, but it means being a people who know that you are with us in the midst of it. So teach us to trust you in the midst of where we are, to love you, to walk with you exactly where we are. And in those places where we need to repent, come home, return to who you're calling us to be, that we would do that. And in those places we need to call other people to repent, we would do that and trust you in the midst of it all that we would cast our burdens upon you because we know you care for us. Teach us to live as your children in this world. We love you, and thank you for our moms. Amen.